This podcast is part of the Dark Myths Collective. Visit darkmyths.org to discover more shows like this one. The darkness awaits. It's about to be a fun ride. Follow along, watch as we slide. Paranormal just hit the lights. Goosebumps all through the night. Mixing just a little bit of twain. That girl sure can't do a thing. Together, hillbillies go insane. Laugh so hard it'll hurt your brain. Podcast you won't ever change. These two here, they got the recipe. Sat on back and listen in to some of our darkest mysteries, eh? Welcome to Hillbilly Horror Stories. And now here's your host. Jerry and Tracy Polly and their dog Ninja. Hey guys, uh, welcome to episode 120 of Hillbilly Horror Stories. I'm Jerry. I'm Tracy. I'll confirm that. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've had so much going on the past week. Setting these, these shows up, first of all. Oh, not about the shows. I'm exhausted from like. This weekend period. Oh, I wouldn't expect it to be anything to do with the show. Yeah, oh, no. <laughs> That's all on you. <laughs> but setting up these shows is excruciatingly painful. There are so many moving parts. And shows that I thought we would have set up confirmed already haven't been. And then shows that I didn't think we'd have ready yet are, are confirmed. <laughs> so within the next couple of weeks, I hope to have all of the dates that we put out confirmed. And th- what I mean by confirmed is we're just finding the right location uh, occasionally like our gatlinburg show uh, turns out that that there's a week of spring break that's not a good idea to be down there in gatlinburg spring break time uh-huh. rooms will cost you a fortune compared to what it would so we shifted it to like the next week uh-huh. so but i'm waiting for confirmation which i should have tomorrow on that just little things like that so there's a lot of little nuts and bolts the houston show we've think we have confirmation i'll know tuesday i'm having a a little conversation on that one, so that'll help a little bit. But we got some cool shows that are already set up and a couple that are really close, and I'll fill you in as we go. First of all, as usual, we want to thank all of our military and civil servants all over the world, no matter who you are, no matter what country you represent. Thank you for what you do. Amen, and God bless all you firefighters in California. I don't even know how you're doing it, but God bless every one of you. And of course, uh, as usual, if you're struggling and you need to talk to somebody, reach out and grab a friend, reach out and grab somebody in our group, reach out and grab us, or feel free to call the suicide hotline, 1-800-273-8255. And if you're more of a texter, 741-741 will get you through to somebody who will do anything they can for you. Absolutely. Just remember you are somebody, whether you realize it or not, you mean the world to several people out there. You just don't think so sometimes. Mm-hmm. And we all go through those rough patches. But yeah, trust me when I tell you, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes you just got to keep looking a little longer than other times. Wow. Amen to that, honey. I thought we would do a story, actually a couple of stories, from Oregon tonight. Because I don't know that we've done one from Oregon. I don't think we have. It seems like we did one, and I can't remember what it is, but it might have been on the shorts mm. that we did that. So we're going to do a couple of stories, one of which is, is something that I had never heard of, and I found the whole topic fascinating. So we'll get into that in a second. But I've got another story from Oregon. It's a smaller one. It's kind of like we do in our shorts. So if you're not a Patreon uh, supporter and haven't heard the shorts that we do, which we do six a week, uh, depending on the tier that you come in on Patreon, it determines how many of those you get. This is going to be kind of an example of what we do, so to give you a little taste of that, if you're not a Patreon supporter. So there hey, you go. Sounds good. You hear the, uh, at the beginning of the episode, we get the, our little Hillbilly Horror Stories rap. That's a gentleman that goes by the uh, name of Tragic Times. That's his rap name. His real name is Mike Solzer. He's a uh, head of Solzer Entertainment. And we talked about Mike a bunch on, on here, but we've never had him on the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we this this whole deal with uh, Astonishing Legends and the EVP that they got from Sally House, it reminded me that Mike has sent me several EVPs in the past, probably year, I guess I'd say, mm-hmm. because he's a recorder. You know, he's got a recording studio in his basement. And sometimes he'll leave the microphone running while he'll run upstairs or something like that, and he'll yeah. come back and notice something 
on there. Yeah. Because you know how it is when you're looking at the um, the screen, you can see blips yes. showing where something was said. And he'll go back and play it. And he sent it to me and said, hey, what do you think this is? And what do you think that is? And then I started thinking when, when the Astonishing Legends deal happened about connecting with him and seeing what he thought and getting him on the show. Mm-hmm. So he's going to come on the show. And we're going to play some of these EVPs and talk a little bit about them. And plus some other stuff that's happened at his town home. Yeah, so, these things are creepy. These well, things are like, I mean, I forgot how they classify these things. Class A, Class B. And they're always subject to interpretation. So, I mean, what I hear, Tracy might hear different. Dude, or what I he totally, might hear. like he said, well, this is what I heard. And I'm like, I didn't even hear anything like that. <laughs> like blue and pink, that stupid shoe thing or whatever's going around. <laughs> I never heard a thing like he heard. And that is so bizarre. But at the same time, I heard what he said before he even told me what it said. That's really weird. And I'm telling you, it is really creepy. So you all need to listen. Yeah. So it's going to be pretty cool. All right. couple of special thanks. Heidi Krause. Yay. Heidi. <laughs> Heidi hosts a uh, podcast by the name of uh, Nightshade. And she was one of the podcasts that were featured on our Halloween edition. Mm-hmm. One of the newer ones. She also is a fantastic artist, and she especially loves drawing dogs and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. She did a picture of Ninja with our logo and dressed in... Yeah, it was so adorable. Dressed in hillbilly uh, garments and stuff like that, and we made it a t-shirt, and we put it up. And I just wanted to give her some special thanks for what she did and bring some attention to her artistic abilities. Look her up on AngelBot. 3D, A-N-G-E-L-B-O-T, 3D.com. And if you need some personalized artwork done. Yeah, she is very, very talented. <laughs> I was so impressed. So she's already working on something else for our anniversary show. Aw. Which, since I brought it up, anniversary show, August 24th. Tickets are on sale. We've already sold five of the 60 tickets, believe it or not, even though it's in August. Mm-hmm. That's a great Tony Bruschi from Real Ghost Stories Online. Yes, we're so And the Grave Talks will be there along with us. Only 60 seats available. It's 15 bucks. They're going to have a $15 buffet. It's at a nice steakhouse. Oh it's a gosh, nice yeah. room. Mm-hmm. We've been there before. Uh, it's it's going to be cool. So we got that one. Uh, real quick, I'll hash this and we get into the story. October 5th, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, home of the Mothman. Home of the bridge collapse. Home of all the stories. Home of the uh, Mothman Museum. We will be doing a show there. It's going to be Brohio and Diane from History Goes Bump. Mm-hmm. Another great show. Hopefully, everybody will show up for that, and we'll all have a great time. That one's another one. I'll have to check on that one, but I think there's only 60 tickets available for that one. Yeah. And then, last but not least, we just released this on Friday, I believe it was. Indianapolis, June 22nd. If you were at the indie show before at uh, Scotty's Brewhouse, we're going right back to the same place because they did such a great job mm-hmm. taking care of us. Justin Rimmel from Mysterious Circumstances and uh, Rev96, which is his other podcast, mm-hmm. Brohio and us will all be there. Mm-hmm. And this one, that, we've already sold tickets to that one. That's it just amazes me that people would buy tickets for something that's six months away, but they know if there's only 60 or yeah. 70 seats available, you will sell out of these things. So We appreciate you guys so much for jumping on board. It means a lot to us. And it's going to be also, you know, something to consider about as a Christmas present for people. That's one of the reasons we're bringing it up. <laughs> and you can go to our website and buy tickets for any of these events. Now, this one is not officially set up, so I'm not going to give a date, but it's going to happen. I just got to uh, get the date finalized, which I think I know, but before I say it, I don't want to crush anybody's spirits because we've already had people buy authentic. We've already had people buy hotel rooms for the uh, Kansas deal based on the date that we gave, and I hadn't <gasps> confirmed the date yet, but oh, no. I think it's going to be fine. But I'm just saying, people are all over the, the whole oh Sally House trip. So this one, I've already confirmed, we will be doing a show on a Sunday in April inside Bobby Mackey's. How cool is that? That's very cool. Have to do it on a Sunday because they're open Friday, Saturday night. But what I've got set up is Gatekeeper Paranormal, who do their tours there, private tours. They are going to come in, open the place up, Simply for us. It's going to be $25 a ticket. There's going to be room for 50 people because they can only do tours of Mm -hmm. 25. So there'll be two of them there. But they're going to talk to you guys about the legend of Bobby Mm -hmm. Mackey's, the history of the place. We'll do a show. We won't do a show on Bobby Mackey's because we've already done that one. But we'll do a show. And then they're going to give everybody a tour, a private tour of Bobby Mackey's. 
It's, you guys will really enjoy that. There's a lot of cool stuff to see there for sure. And how cool is is the price on that is the fact that that's normally what they charge for just a tour period. Yeah. You're going to get a tour, you're going to get our show, and you're going to get a show from them uh-huh. all at the same time. So I'll release the day. I, I should have confirmation on that tomorrow. Yeah. But we'll start selling some tickets A lot of for that. exciting stuff and... And what means the world to us is just to get to see you guys. So that's what we always look forward to. Yeah, it amazes us that you guys really want to come out and do some of these things. Yeah, and, and you guys are the best. We're trying to tie more of these things to haunted locations mm-hmm. like we did with Waverly last yeah. year. So this year we already know we're doing a show in Bobby Mackey's. We're doing a show where we're going to be doing Waverly tours after that. The same month, by the way, mm-hmm. as the Bobby Mackey's deal. And we know we're going to Atchison, Kansas, where the Sally House is. So... Yeah, I still don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> and doing a show in Point Pleasant with the Mothman. So we are really trying to get out and do shows at these places. So when you come to see us, that you're actually getting more bang for your buck than just mm-hmm. seeing us. You're, you got a bunch of other stuff you can do that's yeah. related. So. Amen. All right. Take a quick second to hear a uh, new sponsor that we have for tonight's show. It's a fantastic podcast I think you guys will enjoy. Let's get into the story. Okay. We've made them wait long enough. Well, I guess I made them wait Yeah, long. you've been doing all the yapping. Tracy. What? I'm going to ask you a question I already know the answer to. Have you ever heard of the term shanghai Yeah. Really? shanghai is in a movie. Okay. That, <laughs> Shanghai-ing. Oh. As in a term, as in a verb. Shanghai? Shanghai-ing. Oh. Like, no. doing. No, no, no. Shang- Never. Okay. Never. Now, usually I've heard of, of most of these big stories, especially since we get tons of suggestions from people. And now I've got basically two and a half years of, of watching YouTube videos of most haunted lists and researching the hell out of these stories to try mm-hmm. to come up with something new. I did a search for the most haunted places in America the other day, and I found a place on one of these lists that I had never heard of. And it seems like it would be impossible after two and a half years of looking up lists. Yeah. But there was one. So after researching it for about 20 minutes or so, I decided that this would actually make a really cool story. Now, it doesn't have as much paranormal activity as some of the stories we do, but the background is super interesting, and when you tie the two of them together, Mm -hmm. I think that's what will make it pretty cool. So this week's story is on the Shanghai Tunnels in Portland, Oregon. Okay. Portland was not always called Portland, as you can imagine. It went through several different name changes, and from 1850 to 1941, the city was known by several different names, one of those names was the Shanghai capital of the world. I wonder why. That don't seem like it should go together. <laughs> well, believe it or not, I'm getting ready to tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oddly enough, that will be part of the story. Oh, good. I'm anxious. <laughs> now, also, some people, it, it, I didn't really put this in here, but it's something I did re- run across. For a lot of times, people have known Portland as, as, as the Forbidden City. Mm-hmm. And when we get into the story, you'll know how that name came about. Okay. But it all has to do with this. Okay, so to answer your question, why it's the Shanghai capital of the world, it's because Shanghai was one of the most common practices in Portland at the time. So the next obvious question would be, what's Shanghai? Which is the way we started off. Well, during the span of 1850 to 1941, a disgusting practice took place in Portland, and a series of underground tunnels helped make it a little bit easier. These tunnels are, of course, the focus of tonight's story. Many people died during this awful practice. Some report as many as 2,000 men and women were taken by Shanghai, and many of them were killed. Shanghai was kidnapping and human trafficking. People were abducted from the bars that were over top of these tunnels by middlemen and then sold to sea captains for as little as $50 a head. Whoa. The able-bodied men were forced to work on these, basically, ships Mm -hmm. for free that were headed to the Orient. In most cases, they were headed to Shanghai, thus the term Shanghai. Okay. Things were supposedly during the worst during the Prohibition. So, originally, the Shanghai tunnels were used by the bars and the restaurants to get their supplies that would come in on the water in that area. Mm -hmm. So, then they would just make it easier. The tunnels connected to the basements of the structures for convenience. The people who participated in the practice of Shanghai eventually developed trap doors that they called um, deadfalls. Oh, gosh. (laughs) 
and they would use these to pass down the next victim. So think about this. You're in a bar. You're just having a good time. And somebody comes up and they slip you, you know, they're buying you drinks. They're mm-hmm. making it happy. And then eventually you get so drunk, they just get you out of the trap door. Hit the, the drop button, opens. You drop straight down. Once you rent a tunnel, they would uh, put you in, in basically a, a specifically designed prison cell and held till you were shipped off somewhere. That is the craziest thing. So typically, How these, scary. Yeah, typically these were men that were either uh, drunk or they would drug them. To oh, Sedum. Wow. So in some cases they would do that. That's horrible. By the time they woke up, they would be on a ship with no way of going back. They would also take women, but they were usually forced into prostitution. Once they got pregnant or a little too old to be worth their while, as the men would determine, they were usually killed off as <gasps> well. The pregnant women were killed? Yep. That's horrible. Yes, it is. By 1941, human trafficking had stopped being worth the cost, and the tunnels were padlocked, and they pretty much stayed off limits for many years. But the ghosts of those brutal practices still remain. That really is so, so awful. It is. Horrible, damn-ass people. So before we get into the hauntings, I wanted to point out that some historians do not believe in the stories of the human trafficking being done through these tunnels. There definitely was Shanghai done in Portland. That's not disputed at all. The tunnels being used, though, has been disputed. So there's a lot of people that say these stories were made up about the tunnels being used so people can make money off of them with tours and stuff. There is documentation in the newspapers of the tunnels and the secret passages, but usually it was organized crime that was kind of at the center of most of those stories, mm-hmm. which makes sense, too. Now, Barry Blaylock, he had a book called the uh, Oregon Shanghai. And he said these stories started in the uh, Oregonian, which is the newspaper there in 1962, when they were doing some popular uh, Shanghai stories. Mm-hmm. And he said in 1970, when they started doing the tours, they would pretty much talk about it and they would mislead the visitors to the tours. So according to him, the first talk of it came in the late 60s and a couple of stories that were put out, but the stories mm-hmm. were just that stories. So there's no real historic record or evidence that Shanghai actually happened in the tunnels at all. Historians say that even if it was a massive cover-up, like some people believe, it's unlikely that there would be no evidence of this practice for an era that it was at its peak. But there so was something. for sure tunnels, though. No, there was for sure tunnels, and there was for sure people Shanghai. The question is, was were it? these tunnels used for it? Yeah. So evidence may be coming soon, though, and if it's as convincing as promised, it could settle the questions about Portland's underground once and for all. Mm-hmm. So Michael P. Jones, he's the founder of the group that offers tours at the Portland Underground, and he's a proponent of the whole Shanghai theory that the tunnels were used. He claims to have obtained indisputable evidence that will be revealed in an upcoming book consisting of photos and documents of the proof. Okay, so let's get to the spooky stuff, the paranormal stuff. Obviously, if 2,000 people were abducted, you can imagine how much negative energy could be in this location. Mm-hmm. 2,000 number, by the way, is strictly for the tunnel. The um, figures that I saw that said Shanghai in the city was as many as 1,500 a year, and this went on for 80 years. Oh, well, that's not that many then. 1,500 a year for 80 years. Oh, you kept you mean it kept doing it every year? Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood no, it's 15, you. No, I'm saying, but they were just saying 2,000. 2,000, so yeah, they the, were like way off. Through the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. So the rest, but through the city, there was all kinds of it, but they are just saying wow. 2,000 came through that's, the tunnel. That's insane. So there have been many different types of paranormal activity in the tunnels, and in one specific bar that we'll talk about in a few minutes, they've got their own little personal ghost mm-hmm. that comes there that gets tied to one of these stories. So there were several hundred deaths that actually took place in the tunnels themselves due from injury, drugs, disease, and other causes. Now, since this time, several people have reported strange and unusual phenomenon that seems to be directly tied to the fact that there are actual spirits that reside here in the complex mm-hmm. system of tunnels, secret passages, and trap doors. Many who have walked the tunnels report hearing moans, talking, 
screaming, and even crying. Now, while it's believed that many of these sounds may be the result of residual hauntings, there are also many people out there that believe that these are the sounds of a truly intelligent haunting. So let's let's first talk about, because I like to reiterate when we get this, because we always have new listeners. A residual haunting is basically like a movie playing back. Mm-hmm. So you had a horrible thing happen here. The ghost died. There's such a negative energy that sometimes you can see something play out, even though there's really nothing there. Mm-hmm. An intelligent haunting is more a ghost or spirit that can interact with you. So that's the difference between the two. So some people think, hey, you're just seeing the events from the years past with all the horrible things that went on. Other people think it's an intelligent haunting. Now, the opinion is that these are uh, intelligent hauntings are because people seem to think that they've realized that they've been trapped in mm-hmm, tunnels mm-hmm. and because they do not know how they got there to begin with. Oh, guess not. Because they were, you know, drunk or knocked out or whatever. They have a difficult time finding their way out. Well, to me, they don't seem all that intelligent. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to be mean, but yeah. I mean, you can walk through walls and stuff as a ghost. I mean, I'm but sure. maybe they just really don't realize they're ghosts. Well, I mean, maybe not. You know, which which would you would rather be? Would you rather be interacted with? I'm just saying, I understand this is an intricate, yeah, complex tunnel system. But if I was a ghost and been in there for 100 years or so, I think I probably by this time could have found myself out. <laughs> you remember that corn maze we went to that was real tough and we found our way out of? Yeah. That's, it didn't take hundreds of years. Well, no, no, no. That's all I'm saying. I get it. But like, but I was asking, though, my question was, would you want to be able to interact with the ghost or just be left alone? Like if you had your choice. I would think if I'm hanging around, I would want to be interactive. Mm-hmm. What would be the point of hanging around? Yeah, that's true. That's the way I feel. So we mentioned earlier that there's a haunted bar slash restaurant that we were going to talk about. That would be the Old Town Pizza and Brewing. Mm-hmm. That's a weird name, Pizza yeah. and Brewing. It's like you're missing something. Mm-hmm. Is there more to that word? No. Mm-hmm. That's the name of it. Just say Pizza and Bear and let it go. Yeah, the Old Town Pizza and Brewing. It's built directly above the infamous Shanghai oh, Tunnels. Oh, whoa. I don't like that. So don't be surprised if you go there to grab you a couple slices of pizza and you Get a unwanted guest that just kind of joined you for dinner. So that's uh, kind of what you get there. So Old Town Pizza has a resident ghost by the name of Nina. Nina? Did, I just, did you just say Nina? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyways. So if you feel a presence behind you or you smell a faint whiff of perfume, you may have just met Nina. Mm-hmm. She's usually seen in a black dress wandering around the basement or sometimes she just likes to hang out and watch the patrons enjoy their meals. Oh, that's nice. Nina's been there for over a hundred years. Wow. So the story goes something like this. In 1880, the Merchant Hotel was built by two of the area's most successful lumber tycoons. The hotel was uh, on the same block as right now, mm-hmm. or you know where the, where the restaurant is, and it was built to cater to Portland's newest residents. Now, Old Town Pizza sits in the original hotel lobby. In fact, the window where you order the pizza is the original hotel reception desk. It's even got the original cast iron beams and stuff that sit on both sides of it. That's nice. Underneath the floorboards are the Shanghai Tunnels. So, Old Town Pizza sits on the north end uh, section of town, and that's the part of town that had a really questionable reputation. Mm -hmm. The Merchant Hotel is... You know, nice as it was, and having the high society clientele was even known for offering prostitution. Mm-hmm. That's what happened around there. So legend goes that one of the working women there was Nina. She was also one of the women that was sold into the um, trade, as we talked about earlier. So she was trapdoored or captured or something, and pretty much this is what you're forced to do. Some traveling missionaries came to the area, right, and uh, they were going to try to clean it up. Mm-hmm. So they convinced Nina to share some info in exchange for setting her free from her situation. First of all, I love how missionaries, which are supposed to be known for helping people, were like, hey, we'll only help you get out of here if you, you know, help us with some information. Mm -hmm. You would think they'd just be willing to help. Yeah, you should be. Yeah. But so regardless, Nina did cooperate. And soon after. (laughs) The way you said that did not sound good. 
What? <laughs> Nana did cooperate. Well, Get she it? did. Nana did cooperate. It kind of all ran together. Yeah. And it sounded funny. Sorry. Go ahead. My bad. <laughs> okay. She cooperated and... Uh, soon after, she was found dead in the hotel, which is now the Old Town Pizza. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> she can't win or lose, could she? Well, I guess she lost, but... <laughs> yeah, so she tried to be a good person. Sounds and, like a loss to me. Yeah. That's... People are so mean. She had been thrown down an elevator shaft. Oh, so, that had to hurt. Well, I mean, much like the prostitution business, it had its ups and downs. <laughs> Stop it. Stop. It was like that Aerosmith video where he hopped on the video going down. Well, Anyways. Loving an elevator. <laughs> most people believe Nina never left the building. Yeah. So Nina's name is supposedly carved in uh, one of the bricks. From the old elevator shaft, which is now the backdrop of a booth, a cozy little booth that's in the rear of the restaurant. I wonder who did that. I don't know. Maybe it was Nina. Old Town Pizza was founded in 1974 when the Acu- uh, Aquardi, I don't know if I'm pronounce that wrong, but the Aquardi family opened the doors and it's now a legendary Portland landmark. The lobby of the Merchant Hotel was transformed to the hippest pizza place in town. Generations of loyalists to this restaurant remember this place as a cool hangout for leaders of Portland's counterculture back in the 1970s. Actor Willem Dafoe was a regular at this time, and he would usually be found lounging on a couch somewhere in the mezzanine. What's he playing, Willem Dafoe? The Reservoir Dogs and a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Bill Walton, the basketball player, he was a, and also a big, well-known Grateful Deadhead, which fit perfect with the that, counter movement at uh-huh. the time. He played for the Portland Trailblazers. He used to ride his bike up there when he was with the Trailblazers and go up there. He'd always get a large vegetarian pizza and a pitcher of Henry's, which I guess was a type of beer. Hmm. He would sometimes be joined by his teammates who would stay all the way till closing time. <laughs> Apparently more than once. Yeah. Today, the Milan family runs the Old Town Pizza, keeping its legacy still alive. That's But cool. as far as the tunnels, yeah. many of the tunnels... And the catacombs have collapsed, but some, like the ones right around Hobo Restaurant and the ones right in front of Old Town Pizza, are still very well preserved, and they're uh, still doing tours there today. So if you're in that area, you can do tours. I wonder why that didn't collapse. I don't know. I have no idea. That sounds like a pretty cool place to hang out, though. It does. Yeah. So I thought... I wonder if their pizza's good. I mean, you're not going to stick around somewhere since the 1970s. What, 74 would not be a good pizza? True story. I don't know. Maybe that's not true. How long has Little Caesars been around? Oh, stop. Little Caesars is good. You know what? Little Caesars have been around for probably that long because Mm -hmm. when I first had it, I was in high school, which was Mm mid-80s. So I take that back. You apparently can stick around forever with horrible pizza. Pizza, pizza. Horrible, horrible. It is not horrible at all. Pizza, shitta. I hate Little Caesars. Oh my with a gosh! What you with a ate passion? It. You ate it not too long ago. I ate it because I didn't have a choice, and I had to pay for it. <laughs> it was horrible. It's like eating cardboard. I felt like just eating the box and giving them the pizza. <laughs> it's not that bad. I remember one time I was going to try to feed some homeless, and I stopped and bought like six or seven of the five dollar ones, and I just took them to a part of town where a bunch of homeless people, and I just gave it to them. And I remember I posted on Facebook, and I said, hey, I dropped off a bunch of Little Caesars pizza, and somebody posted, well, what did the homeless do ever do to you to where you gave them Little Caesars pizza? Stop and, it. And I'm like, you know, that's a fair judgment. No, it ain't. I could see being homeless and, and starving, and somebody put that in front of me and go, eh, I'll wait for the next thing. I'll just wait. Well, then you're stupid. That is a very negative attitude for you to I have. don't care. When you're hungry, you'll eat what you get. Mm. And you be grateful for it. And Little Caesars is good. It's not good. Pizza, pizza. The not pretzel good. pizza was really good. Pretzel pizza. The oh, pretzel yeah. crust. Anyways. Hater. I am a hater. Let's real quick talk about um, patron support. Yeah. We want to thank our new patron supporters, Roseanne Robertson, Natalie Galindo. I hope I didn't pronounce that wrong. These Italian names I struggle with. And Paul Wellman. Thank you, three. You guys are amazing. Thank you all so, so much. It means the world to us. And Natalie, I've spoken to a lot over the past week. She's oh. uh, actually wanting to help with some research. She lives out in California. Oh, and, groovy. Great. Yeah. So. Thank you so much. I Thank turns. you, guys. We love you. 
iTunes, we had 10 this week. Yay. Miss Lisa Marlene, 123DB123. Nice. Selling dance steps. I know. Mojo Lobster, NVR Jade, Frank R60, Mia Lee Craft. Mia actually did a story on our uh, last bonus episode for nice. Patreon. Good. Sherry Shaw, Vela1981, CLM255, mm-hmm. 3D Horror Dolls. Nice. And I will go ahead and apologize for my laugh busting whoever's eardrum that was. And I personally don't care. It happens. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Look, I try to, I try to, I try to back away from the mic because I know, I know it's well, going to hurt your eardrums. The, the the bottom line is we're, we are still just two people in our bedroom making a podcast. <laughs> I mean, we're not professional sound mixers by yeah. any means. And I think we've come a long way in what we've learned on our own. Yeah, but, but no, I mean. These things aren't going to a studio. So yeah, sometimes, unfortunately, right. we will have, you know, like when we put in an interview that the sound will be a little higher than the rest mm-hmm. or what have you. You know, that stuff's not as easy. You know, if, if you've never done this, it's easy to say, well, I can't get, and I understand I probably would have done the same thing. Oh, of course. But it's harder than it looks. And we've mm-hmm. got programs called Levelator that's mm-hmm. supposed to level everything out. And guess what? It, it don't. don't work. Yeah. But so, anyway, I, 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 no matter what Jerry says, I still want to apologize. I mean, I appreciate what he says, but I'm trying to learn to back away from the mic, but I just get caught up in the moment, and I just don't think about it. So I wouldn't want to hear my crackly hyena laugh in my earful blast. <laughs> so anyway, but thank you. Thank you for the reviews, guys. They were really great, and we appreciate them. Keep them coming. We love it. All right, so I'm going to do this other little story from Portland. It's a cryptid story, so, it, you know, it hurts my soul, but I found it interesting, so it's going to, it made its way in. And then we're going to play uh, Tragic uh, Mike Solzer and listen to his interview, talk about mm-hmm. some of the stuff that's going on. I've known this guy forever. You're going to enjoy this. He's very entertaining. He mm-hmm. he should have his own podcast, honestly. No, so he really should. I think you'll enjoy that. So let's get into Colossal Claude. And no, it's not a uh, <laughs> it's not a porn star, though it could be. Mm-hmm. He's actually a well, I'm gonna get into it. I'm not gonna spoil That's it. What, say, what you waiting on? So the mouth of the Columbia River is a very dangerous place. The Columbia Bar, thanks to the fire hose force of uh, water that hits it at the with the front of the river, mixing with the tumultuous ocean waves, has been dubbed the graveyard of the Pacific. You add in the gale force winds and the constantly shifting sandbar, and you can see why this part of the world is so dangerous and so wild. It's wild in other ways, too. You have killer whales that frequent the mouth of the river to feast on the salmon. Great white sharks cruise in uh, to hunt seals. Oh, man. And humpback whales have been spotted 14 miles inland near the Astoria Megler Bridge. So there's like all kinds of Man. strange wildlife stuff happening sure here. So the, the towering green bridge we just talked about connects Washington to Oregon. And the Columbia River is also uh, the area that it crosses mm-hmm. right there. The Columbia River is also known to be home of a sea monster, Colossal Claude. Claude's been described as being 40 foot long, including an 8 foot long neck It's got a round body and a long tail. Its head is said to look like a camel with a mane. Well, that is really weird. Almost like the Jersey Devil. I thought it was going to be like a fishing bobber until you said the mane. (laughs) Some say it's got an evil snaking type look. Some believe it resembles a plesiosaur, which comparing that to the Loch Ness Monster, that's what a lot of people say that's supposed to resemble. So one of the first reported sightings of the monster was in 1934 by the crew of the Columbia River Lightship, which was a floating lighthouse. How cool is that? That would be very nice, yeah. The crew observed this creature, and for some time before uh, doing anything about it, they were using their binoculars. Mm-hmm. They wanted to take a lifeboat out to get a little bit better look, but their request was refused by the commanding officers for fear that the beast would capsize the boat because it was so small. Oh, yeah. Three years later, another crew reported seeing the creature. Skipper Charles Graham on a commercial fishing ship gave a hauntingly similar description to what the lighthouse crew gave. 
150 miles down the Oregon coast around this exact same time, near a rocky area known as Devil's Churn, a couple reported seeing a similar Mm -hmm. animal. Then in 1937, the crew of the Argo, which was another fishing vessel, had a close encounter near the mouth of the Columbia River. The creature reared up over 10 feet above the water. It watched the crew as it calmly took a 20-pound halibut out of the fish's line and ate it. I would have crapped my pants. (laughs) Wow. That's amazing, though. The ship captain, uh, Chris Landerson, said that the creature's head was like a camel's, and it had gray coarse fur, glassy eyes, and a bent snout. And a what? Bent snout. A bent? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So the water in the Pacific is much too cold for a reptile, but the idea of a plesiosaur on the on the Oregon coast is not really all that far-fetched. Because in 2003, a paleontologist discovered a plesiosaur skull near Mitchell, Oregon. This 25-foot-long reptile lived about 80 to 90 million years ago. It was a top predator and a powerful swimmer. So there is a, a deep trench at the mouth of the Columbia River, is it possible that a similar type creature to the plesiosaur could have survived and basically remained hidden except for a few rare sightings? I mean, how how in the world could it live that long? Well, it's not saying one would live that long, but there could be a family of them or something that over the years have just found a way oh, wow. to just stay unobserved. That would be cool as crap. You know this, right? It would be. I think I th- it looked like all of the sightings were in about a four, five, six-year stretch. Oh, wow. Right there in Oregon, because it was like the first one was in the 30s, and mm-hmm. the last one was in the mm-hmm. 30s. And I just kind of find that strange that everyone, I mean, it's not like you had the internet where everybody could go online and look of, it up. Of course. So, I mean, but all these different people had very similar stories. Mm-hmm. And, and from what I read, it doesn't seem like like it was anything made up. It's like the people were that told the stories were genuinely terrified of what they saw. Yeah, yeah. That's that's just thing. It's amazing that that animals can live like that long. Are we back on that again? (laughs) I I know. I'm just amazed by that. Aren't you amazed? Well, I mean, like turtles live like 150 years. I mean, do you think they're like, damn, I've been here a long time. What's up? You think? I don't know. I feel like that every day of my life. Oh yeah, me too. But well, that's really neat. So, anyways, so if you guys like that story, that's kind of what we do for the shorts. That mm-hmm, little story mm-hmm. about Colossal. Claude. Just I kind of like that name, though. It kind of rolls off your tongue. <laughs> Colossal Claude. Don't you think? I can see being some... like distinguished or something. Being some reptile or, or mm-hmm. animal that's been able to escape being extinct for 90 million years and be like, how are you going to name me Claude? Well, that's I mean, very true. But... Awesome Arnie, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> awesome Alexander. That sounds like something that yeah. you... Yeah, yeah. If you're going for the alliteration. Yeah. That's impressive. Really. I think Colossal Claude sounds better than like Colossal Chuck. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So, anyways. So, let's take uh, a couple of seconds and listen to... Uh, it's not really a couple of seconds, like 20 minutes. But let's listen to Mike. And what I did in this interview was I played the EVPs. So you could hear them mm-hmm. throughout. So, and then I will let Mike talk a little bit about it. And then after he told you, tells you what he thinks it said, then we play it again right after that. Mm-hmm. So you'll hear it so you can make your own decision. He's going to tell you what he heard and then we'll play it again and then we'll see if I'm nuts, Tracy's nuts, he's nuts, or, or maybe some of us are hearing the same thing. So take a listen and tell me what you think. Hey guys, I'm joined by a longtime friend of mine uh, by the name of Mike Sulzer, who goes more popularly known in Louisville by his stage name called Tragic Times. Tragic has been a good friend of mine about 17 years. He's done some comedy intros and stuff for me, but he's probably more known to you guys as the gentleman that does our opening theme rap, Hillbilly Horror Stories rap. Please welcome to the show, uh, Mr. Mike Sulzer, or should I say Tragic Times? Hey, no, thank you. I appreciate you guys for having me on the show, man. And uh, yeah, Jerry, we go we go quite a ways back, man. And uh, 
if I recall, I don't think I've been paid for those intros that you're talking about. So uh, let me know. Uh, let me know when we can get that taken care of. But uh, it's good to be on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Mike, we've had several talks about the paranormal over the years. So, I mean, I think I'm not stepping outside my bounds by saying it's safe to say that you're fascinated by the paranormal. Oh, no, absolutely, man. Absolutely fascinated uh, with with the unexplained. It's it, it's crazy. Uh, I go pretty far back, man. As as a kid, I remember living in a shotgun house uh, down in the south uh, south end of Louisville. And uh, me and my little brother, we used to share a bedroom together. We had two twin beds, and my bed faced the doorway, kind of leading into the kitchen. And uh, I remember the night I woke up uh, to my dad calling my name, and I kind of sat up in the bed, and I looked over at my little brother. He's still sound asleep, and I look up, and my dad is standing in the in the doorway between the kitchen and our bedroom. And as he's uh, standing there, I can tell that whatever whatever he is calling me for he's he's not happy about what the situation is the look on his face is is kind of a disgust in a way and and he just kind of stands there and i remember kind of wiping my eyes and looking at him and saying what dad you know just you know what do you need you woke me up out of my sleep what's going on and without saying a word he turned to his side and walked straight through the wall right there and i'm kind of going I'm sitting there for a second trying to think of how crazy this dream is that I just had, like to, to witness something like that and, and not wake up from it just to turn and look at my little brother still sleeping in the bed and turn and look back at an empty doorway and realize that I'm awake, that what just happened just happened. And it wasn't a dream. I just sat here and watched it. And as freaked out as I was as a kid at that point, uh, my fascination with the paranormal took off from there. I remember when you lost your dad and I shared a story of my mom coming to me to try to help you with the grieving process a little bit. Now, since then, you've also lost your mom and brother. Do you feel like that it, any of them have shown themselves to you in the years since their passing? Man, Jerry is, as. <laughs> As much as I uh, I like to think that I'm in the paranormal and I love to listen to the ghost stories, I love to listen to the stories on on your all show. I love to get in depth with people uh, in conversations about things that they've experienced. I got to be completely honest and say that I personally have not noticed any of those signs. I don't know, man. It's it, it's a weird thing. I think that uh, for me, I've been looking, which is why maybe I haven't seen anything. But it's 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 been a few years now, man, and I haven't uh, I haven't really noticed anything. Maybe I'm just completely oblivious to it. Either way, I haven't I haven't actually noticed anything uh, out of the ordinary or or something I could really hang my hat on to say that that's them. That's their sign to me that that uh, they're still here with me. I do have a little something that I want to show everybody later that that might contradict what I just said. Other than that, I, I really don't know. I really don't have anything else that I can add to it. Now, you've had some weird things happen in your home. Uh, you live in a townhome, got an upstairs, downstairs, little basement area. Uh, you've lived there for the last several years, and you've had some strange things happen, including some things that have popped up on, on some of the recordings that you were doing in the studio that's in your basement. When did you first notice these things happening, and when did you start thinking that it could be some kind of paranormal activity? The townhome, yeah. Let's talk about the townhome for a minute, man. Seven years. We've lived here seven years. It's It's been, at times, a, a little crazy, I'll be honest with you. And a lot of that has kind of generated itself more so over the last month. Uh, we've had three different situations that I'll talk about, but I guess for me... The first time I noticed anything about this townhouse kind of being hard to explain is in our bedroom, my studio that I record at is directly across from our bed. So my computer monitors actually face my bed. So just to keep them from coming out of sleep mode or anything like that, I'll shut the computer monitors completely off before we lay down. We've had situations where we'll actually be laying in bed, about to fall asleep, and all of a sudden the room will light up and look over, and the computer monitors have somehow or another turned themselves back on. 
Uh, all this happened shortly after uh, a good friend of mine that we call Country had passed away. And it just so happened that when these monitors were turning themselves back on, Country was actually the screensaver that I had on the computer. So they'd come back on, and there's his mug on the front of the screen looking back at us. So uh, I always kind of attributed to that was kind of him letting us know that he was still around and watching over us. But we've had other crazy things happen. We have a picture upstairs that's about two and a half, three feet tall. That on a couple of different occasions, it's it's a self-standing picture. It sits on the floor. You put a bunch of pictures. We have a bunch of pictures of the kids in it, and it kind of has that lean like all pictures have, kind of to the back. It's got the the stand on the back of it that, that kind of leans it back. But on several occasions, that picture, for no reason, will fall over onto its front. And uh, it's happened in situations which are kind of unexplainable not a whole lot of moving around one one of those situations was my little brother was here by himself he was watching tv we were gone middle of the afternoon and it's sitting across the room from where he's laying on the couch at and it just falls over he looks over he sees it fall by itself so he decided that it was time to get up out of the house for a little while get some fresh air it just uh just wasn't the time for him to be in the house at that point here recently, we've had some weird circumstances, uh, one of them being uh, my little brother, who spends a lot of his time more so on the couch than anywhere else, is laying on the couch. Uh, this is probably about midnight or so, playing on his phone, and my two daughters are in the bedroom adjacent from where uh, he's laying at. They're laying in the bed, they're playing on their phone, and the... Uh, on the other side of the room from them is the kitchen and the kitchen lights on. It's kind of like a nightlight for them so that it's not completely dark while they're trying to go to sleep at night. He's sitting there playing on his phone. He's not paying any uh, real attention to anything. Turns over and looks and my two daughters are standing next to him and they're kind of frantic uh, looking at him, trying to get his attention. He's, he's like, well, what's going on? What do you guys need? And they were like, well, the kitchen light went off. He gets up and he goes and he, he kind of investigates and he goes in there and he flips the light and he's flipping it back on. The lights come on. Everything's fine. When he's telling me this story, we start kind of looking at uh, what the circumstances are. And it's 12 o'clock at night. I work third shift. So I'm actually at work at the time this happens. Their mom is uh, downstairs in our bedroom. She's asleep. And their other sister is upstairs in her bedroom, also asleep. There's absolutely nobody that would have been in the kitchen. And even if there had been somebody in the kitchen, they'd have never turned that kitchen light off because they use that light as kind of like the night light for their room generally every night. So nobody would have just turned the kitchen light off for no reason. The light literally had to have turned itself off. No explanation for that. Speaking of working third shift, I come home uh, a few days ago. Uh, I get my daughter up for school, tell her to go downstairs, get her clothes. We come downstairs, and we're standing there talking. Uh, she asks where her clothes are, and her mom tells her they're over in the dryer. So I said, go over and get your, get your clothes out. She walks over to the dryer. She gets about five feet from the dryer. She's in between me and the dryer itself, and you can hear the pop sound of somebody opening the dryer. And then we all sit and watch the dryer door kind of swing itself open. Now, the crazy part is, is that we've gotten kind of used to these circumstances, these these just kind of oddball things happening all the time. So she kind of turns around. My daughter, who just turned 10 the other day, turns around. She looks at me. I look at her. We turn to look at her mom and then kind of shrug our shoulders and go on about our business. I tell her, well, go ahead and get your clothes because, you know, obviously the ghost is trying to tell you it's time to go to school. So nothing wrong with a ghost that's willing to lend a hand, get your children off to school. I don't really have an issue with that. One of the, the craziest one probably happened to my wife and uh, my youngest daughter. They decided that they were going to step out for a minute. They were just going right up the street. Uh, the only people at home at the time were my wife, my youngest daughter, one of my older daughters, and myself. Now, this is an afternoon afternoon deal, so I'm in the bed asleep. My older daughter is up in her room doing her homework so my wife decides we're just going right down the street just leave the door open 
you know, we'll we'll run down the street real quick. We'll be right back. So she leaves. The front door is open. Everything's good. She comes back, and the front door is still wide open. The, we have a uh, big glass screen door on the front. The screen door is closed, but our front door is wide open. She pulls up in front of the house and looks up, sees that the door is open, comes around, goes to get uh, my youngest daughter out of the car, opens the door, and she can hear the door close. She turns and looks, and sure enough, the door to the to the house is, is now closed. So she gets her younger daughter out of the car, and she tells her, Mommy's got to grab a few things out of the, out of the uh, car, go on up there and open the door. Well, my daughter, who's four years old, goes up to the door, opens the screen door, and starts pushing on the door, turns and looks at her mom, says, Mommy, I can't get it open. So uh, my wife walks up, and she starts jiggling the handle, and, and the door is locked. So she has to dig for her keys, unlock the door. By this time, she's aggravated. She makes her way straight upstairs to my to my 14-year-old, and she opens the door, and she goes, Hey, <laughs> I mean, really? You just go see us outside, and you're going you're gonna to shut and lock the door on us? Well, you trying to, you think you're funny? Which my daughter, who's covered in uh, her homework, from where she's been working on her homework and everything, and looks up at her and goes, I haven't left my bed. What are you talking about? So at that point, she kind of scratches her head. She goes downstairs and she goes to ask me if maybe I got up and locked the door. I hadn't moved out of bed. I've been asleep the entire time. So we have absolutely no clue who shut and locked the door on her. But we were the, me and my 14-year-old were the only two in the house. So definitely, definitely some, um, it's definitely something that I couldn't explain on my own. Uh, situations that that happen in this townhouse from time to time, and it's things that if I look back, I don't really remember them happening in the first two or three years we lived here. So, I mean, could it be somebody that is just trying to communicate with us personally, uh, somebody that we know, somebody that we've lost after we'd already moved in, or something of that nature? I really don't know. There definitely is something that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and uh, everybody in the house at some point has uh, kind of been scratching her head over something that something that's happened. Talk a little bit about some of the things that have turned up on the recordings. Okay. So recordings, sometimes when you record music, you may be in a position to where you accidentally forget to turn your mic off. For instance, when your wife is left for work and realizes she forgot something. So she's calling you to bring something upstairs to you. In the midst of you trying to record something, you may forget that your microphone is on. When this happened to me, I ended up coming back to my studio, realizing the mic was on and shutting it off, but noticing that the that the format in which you can see your voice, the wave file, you can see your voice on, uh, there, there were markings on the wave file, and there really shouldn't have been too much going on as far as those markings go because... Nobody was in the room at the time that that was going on. So being curious, I went back and I I turned all this up so that I could hear what was going on. And in this recording, I actually ended up picking up what I believe to be two separate voices. And if you want, you can play those two real quick. And then I'll let you know kind of what I think they are. Okay, so there's one voice, the one voice that sounds like, to me, it's real kind of deep, it's kind of dark. I believe that voice kind of says, we're the ghost. The other one, I personally believe, says, let's begin, in kind of a whisper. Uh, Some people have actually listened to that one and actually heard a name when when they listened to it, but it's, uh, they're, they're definitely... Cool to listen to. And Jerry, I sent those to you uh, about the same day that I got them. And I'm sitting down here. I- I'm intrigued. I'm, I've, I've turned my mic on on a number of occasions trying to pick anything else up. The third voice that I have, what what, what I consider to be a voice, this, this one is extremely special to me because if it's what I believe that it is, it kind of answers the question from earlier about whether or not I feel like my mom or my dad or somebody has tried to let me know that they're uh, still here and they're, they're watching over me. So I'm recording a song. The song's called uh, Y'all Ain't Never Loved Me. 
Uh, it's kind of a more negative song. It's pretty much on the basis of no matter what I've done, you've you've never really paid attention to it. When I recorded the song, I went back and I'm, I'm mixing the vocals, editing some things in the music, and I realized that once again, there's this there's this really weird kind of uh, voice in the middle of it. This one right here is extremely significant to me because, like I said, the song was kind of a negative thing. It was kind of saying, y'all don't love me for who I am. Or the voice that I hear says, love you, Michael. And it's significant to me because that is what my mom would say to me. As a matter of fact, Jerry, you know firsthand I've I've always gone by Mike. Everybody knows me as Mike. Very few people call me Michael. Uh, my mom being the main reason for that. She was that that was, you know, I was Michael to her. I was Mike to everybody else. And to hear this, uh, to hear it come out and hear it sound like "Love You, Michael," uh, really is the only the only piece that I have to what we what I was talking about a little bit earlier where I felt like I you know my mom died in 2010 so 8 years this is the the only thing I I feel like I have from her where she came through to tell me something you know it's it's, it's just special to me and that's what I hold on to every time I hear it and I probably listen to this a thousand times and I hear the exact same thing every time I listen to it so uh I don't know what you guys hear but to me uh, it's a it's a pretty special uh, it's a pretty special recording. Now I have a I have a fourth clip, Jerry. I know I know it's probably past your bedtime, but I have a fourth clip that uh, I wanted to play for you guys. And this one is not anything that I've recorded whatsoever, but it intrigued me to no end. This is actually a voicemail that was left on uh, my wife's phone. That makes absolutely no sense. Now, I'll set this up for you guys real quick. Uh, this was a bill collector calling, but they weren't calling for us. Not that we don't have bills, because we do. But they were calling because a friend of ours put put uh, put us down as a reference. Jerry, I'm sure you know who that friend is. But uh, put us down as a reference, and they were trying to get in touch with that individual. And um, it's not the voicemail itself that intrigues me. And once you guys hear it, if you pay attention to the very beginning of it, uh, you'll be, uh, I think you'll be pretty intrigued too, because I have no clue what this is or how it happened, but you guys just got to hear this. Hi, this message is for, this is Levi calling from Lone Hi, this message is for, this is Levi calling from Lone Hi, this message is for, this is Levi calling from Lone that's pretty freaky, I gotta admit. So let me ask you this. All these occurrences that are happening at, at the house, do you think this is a, a family member trying to connect with you? I mean, I know you say you can't really say for sure, but what's your thoughts on that? You know, at this point, I would say, yeah. Uh, you know, like with the computer monitors coming on in the studio while we're laying in bed and country's face being right there. Jerry, you... You knew country a little bit, and uh, you, you'd got to meet him and uh, have a few conversations with him. And I think you knew enough about him to know that uh, that's just the type of awkward situation that country would want to put me in. So, yeah, wake up in the middle of the night, room's lit up. I look over, and he's he's looking at me laying in bed. It's, that I, I think that would definitely be something he would get a kick out of. And then, of course, the recording it means a lot to me because like I said, I hadn't really seen anything that would really stand out to me as that was my parents or that was my brother. And I've also lost a sister uh, a little over a year ago that that would be my, my sister that would uh, really stand out to me. So this recording really is something that finally stands out to me when I listen to it. Like I said, I've listened to it a thousand times and, and I keep hearing the same thing. I hear my mom's voice and uh, just the way that she would say it, say it to me. So, yeah, I would definitely say that at some point where it's more family members 
than uh, it just being something with the uh, townhome itself. Now, the stories you've told tonight and the EVPs are pretty damn scary, but believe it or not, I've saved the scariest for last. Tell everybody how they can keep up with you on social media and listen to your music. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be really scary when you get the bill for this intro, I'm trying to tell you. But, uh, no, everybody, check me out. All you have to do, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, all you have to do is go there, search Souls of Entertainment. I'm going to pop up. If you go to the Facebook page, the Souls of Entertainment Facebook page, please hit the like button. I need as many fans as I can possibly get. Check out the music, all the links to the YouTube. They're all connected one way or the other. So it doesn't really matter where you go. You're going to hear the music. Uh, you're going to get to know me a little bit as far as like what I'm doing on a day to day basis. It's, it's, uh, you know, I'm looking to interact with you guys and, uh, and, uh, have a good time. I have an album coming out in February called Complicated. So I want you guys to go like the Souls Entertainment page on Facebook also because I'll be dropping all the information to that. Follow me on Instagram, also under Souls Entertainment. So I made it really easy for you guys to find me because I need fans. So uh, help me uh, get out there a little bit. I greatly appreciate it. Mike, as always, man, it's it's been a great time. We always have a good time when we get together. Uh, we don't do it enough, unfortunately. But um, thank you for coming on, man. It's been fun. No, I definitely appreciate it, bro, man. It's been a lot of fun. And I, I appreciate Tracy inviting me on because I asked you like 10, 15 different times to have me come on to the show. I told you I had stories and that uh, I wanted to talk to everybody, but you just kept blowing me off. But that's cool because I've kind of liked Tracy better anyway. So uh, give Tracy a hug for me. Tell her I love her. Pet Ninja, I love you, bro. You guys continue listening to Hillbilly Horrors with the best intro on any podcast, and go check out my music. I love you guys. Okay, Tracy, so the EVP. The, That's freaky. Well, the the one he had that said, we're the ghost, you didn't hear that at all. No. What did you hear? Something like, I'm exciting or something exciting. No, all, I, I, all I know is the ghost had nothing to do with the ing on it at all. It did not even sound like that to me, like not even close. Now see, I thought it did. See, that is the And so and weird. I heard that before he even told me That is so weird. what he thought it said. Uh, that was Mhm. And I, the weird I didn't get, but ghost I got. And, and that's, that's the, the one, one you thing didn't I get. I didn't get. That is the craziest. The second one straight up sounded like Alicia to me. Yeah, that's the well. That, that was the second one I played you. It's not the second one on here. Mm. The one from the voicemail and and oh yeah yeah the one from the voicemail that was left from the creditor at the beginning sounds like you're, after I, after we did it Straight it sounds up. like Alicia which is Mike's wife's, wife's name. name yeah and I never picked up on that I didn't I can't believe you did well I heard something but I didn't really. Isn't that how funny how Put people's minds just hear different stuff? But now that you said it, it, it does sound, sound like, like Alicia. Alicia. Mm-hmm. Now, now people will go back and listen now that yeah. we said this after the fact. Yeah. Now, the one that said, um, the one that said, let's begin. Now, I got let's. You got let's. Mm-hmm. All, I, all I heard in my mind was let's be. That's all I heard, really. And I heard let's be the best that you can be on every random day. Because you never know who can take it. Okay, I didn't hear all that. I was going to say, what the hell? <laughs> but no, we both got let's out of it, though. Because yeah. it does sound like let's. Yeah, definitely. The third one, or the most, the one that I think actually stands out the most, is the one that sounds like it says, love you, Michael. Yeah, and I totally heard that. Yeah, so creepy, but could be a huge positive. Mm-hmm. But there's some weird crap that happens in that house. And I've been over there a few times. And it just does kind of have a weird vibe over mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Even before I knew there was stuff going on. Yeah. So That's pretty cool, though. I picked that up. You never know. No, you don't. Oh, we ought to leave our mic on. <laughs> what, we wanna... what we'll hear is ninja snoring. That's probably true. That's what you'll hear. <laughs> we already got people swearing that they're hearing the EVPs, and we have to tell them it's ninja snoring and break their heart. <laughs> that would be kind of interesting. We got to do that for real. Well, remember that we had picked up some stuff. Remember we picked up that phantom knocking before oh, we went to New Orleans? that's very true, and that still creeps me out. Of course, what I do, I deleted it. Well, I didn't. 
Why you do that? It wasn't part of the show. We didn't need it, so it, it had to be deleted because we were. I didn't save it anyway. So we deleted that one, and then I think I played one on here before. I did. I played it on here. Remember when we first got our little recorder, mm-hmm. and the very first thing I recorded was it pick something up at the beginning, just like on that voicemail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, creepy guys. We love you. We're we getting, do. We're getting out of here, but uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. It was a little bit different. Yeah, we hope you enjoyed it. We love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us. We appreciate y'all. Absolutely. I hope you guys have a great next week. We kind of had our Thanksgiving with my side of the family today. Yep. And, uh, but it's nice. We're all going to have like a three-day weekend. Hopefully, most of us are. I will, Jerry have, a, will. I will he, have a Thursday off. Yeah, he will have a Thursday <laughs> off. <laughs> but enjoy the time with your families, you guys, and uh, be, be blessed and be thankful for what you have and just like I say, keep praying for those in California and just all around the world. Show love and support. And we want to say thank you for showing us love and support like you do on a daily basis. Absolutely. You make our days just wonderful. So we love you guys and enjoy your Thanksgiving. Yep, thank you guys so much. Have a good one. Hey, Hillbillies, if you guys enjoy what we do here on the show every week and appreciate all the hard work we put into it, consider being one of our Patreon supporters. All you got to do is go to our website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com, click on the tab for donations, and you'll see the Patreon link right there. Click on it, and you can go to our Patreon page. Then you will have a decision to make. You can choose the $1, the $3, the $5, or the $10 donation. Each one gets you different things a month. But regardless, you get some free stuff. Just check out the bonuses under each tier and you'll see what you get for free for that month. But you'll get something free regardless. Also, if you'd like to buy any Hillbilly Horror Story merch, you're also in the right place on the website, hillbillyhorrorstories.com. Just click on the store page and see whatever it is that you like. Click on a few links, send a little bit of money, and your item will be on its way. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. We love you. We thank you. And we appreciate you.